Welcome to the Art and Science of Eating. I'm Jessica Begg, Registered Dietitian and Clinical Counselor. I worked for 15 years in programs for the treatment of eating disorders. I now help those that struggle with emotional eating and their relationship with their body. This podcast is where I answer questions to help people along this bumpy journey to creating peace with both food and their body. Hey all, I hope you're doing well. I am doing well too, as well as it can be, I guess. I've been able to do a bit more things outside safely. I actually got out to do a hike with a friend and then my husband and I met up with some other friends at a beach for dinner and it was it was really nice. Still a little bit weird though because we would you know normally share our dinner together, share drinks um, but we had to do the old six feet away from each other and we brought our own meals which made me think about how important it is to share meals together and to be together and how difficult it is right now because we can't be together as much as we would like to. I hope that you are getting together and with the people that are important to you as safely as possible, whether it be online or whatnot. Um, But I'm happy that you're here with me. I think that that's also the thing is that I'm really happy to be chatting with you all and that hopefully we can create this space where we come together. And at the moment, I am still recruiting people to to have questions. So if you've never talked to me and you have, or if you have talked to me and you know me, but if you have any kind of inkling of like, hey, I'd love to hash this question out that I have with Jessica, please do reach out to me. This is your sign to reach out to me. You can do so on my website, uh, shiftnutrition.com. And if you go to the podcast page, it's right on there that you can submit your question right onto the website page, or you can email me at support at shiftnutrition.com and we can set a time that we can chit chat. I would love to hear from you. So this week's question, and it's week 10, episode 10, which is amazing. I can't believe we've done 10. Here we go. We're kind of right in it. So this week's episode 10 is how do I control my cravings? First off, we need to define what we mean as a craving because people will use the same word and mean different things, different senses that they feel in their body. So one scenario could be that cravings are that we feel like just a certain type of food. So for instance, it's a bit drizzly out today. So I had a hot bowl of ramen for lunch. It was something that was kind of nice and that was a craving of mine. Or that in the afternoon, perhaps I feel like a cookie with my afternoon tea rather than the dietitian prescribed nuts and a piece of fruit. Um... I packed a cookie. It wasn't even, I knew right away that I would always want a cookie more than I don't know if I've, well, I've maybe had a piece of fruit and nuts for as a snack, maybe, I don't know, once. (laughs) Um, But is, is that problematic, right? Is it problematic to have choices that we might choose one thing over another? But what we need to maybe unpack is, do we have these ideas that we need to have foods that we eat that are only quote-unquote healthy all the time and I think that that's the the question there is should I knowing that fruit and a and a you know piece of fruit and nuts is the healthy quote-unquote choice that I should be choosing that all the time and I don't think that's the case that I think that if I am generally getting in fruits and vegetables 
in over the course of my day or over the course of my week or my month, I should have some variants where there's foods that I'm eating because I feel like it. And that's my craving that I that I want to eat something that's the cookie. So by that, we need to make sure that I am taking care of my my body's needs. So if I was eating cookies for all of my meals and all of my snacks, I know cognitively that that's not going to be good for my body, that I need some variance. Just like how eating, having nuts and a piece of fruit for all meals and all snacks would also not be healthy for my body because it's very monotone, but also for my mind because there's really nothing exciting there. There's, it's just too much of the same. So we need variation and we also need to have fun, but I also need to care for my body. So I'm assuming that there's that kind of a balance in place. Cravings to me are just a normal part of living that we should have things that we want. A second scenario though, where somebody might call a craving is what I would say is initial or first signs of hunger. So as we move away from fullness, so if I have a meal and I start feeling I'm full and I'm starting to feel, you know, not full, neutral to going towards hunger, is that some of those initial thoughts about food are going to be thinking about food. And sometimes people will call that a craving. So that as I'm approaching my next meal, I might be thinking like, what am I going to eat? And I kind of feel like this and I kind of feel like that, you know, that could be cravings. I'm just thinking about food and that is very normal. And so as they intensify, as they get more and more hungry, sometimes I find that I kind of get more elaborate with my cravings that I might get like, I'm going to have this more, more kind of anticipation because I'm getting actually maybe even beyond the point of fullness. I've really waited too long. And so that's where cravings or craving type thoughts intensifies. So at early steps of cravings, it might be that, hey, you know what, I think I'm hungry, maybe I should just eat like I don't, I don't necessarily want cookies for lunch, that I actually probably should eat what I've packed. And maybe I can evaluate that, whether or not I have cookies after I address that really intense hunger that I'm feeling right now. So that could be part of it is, is it just like the initial phases of hunger could be a a scenario. Another kind of offshoot of that could be still hunger, but it's not right, right in that moment. So an example of that might be that somebody hasn't eaten enough for, for lunch and, or hasn't eaten enough for breakfast, or maybe they even, even skipped breakfast and they had a a proper lunch and then proper as in like size lunch and, you know, proper size dinner. And then they say that they have these unexpected cravings for food at nighttime. But upon reflection, we could maybe if they had a half, half breakfast, half lunch, and then dinner, that after dinner eating might actually constitute a third meal so that the the half breakfast, half lunch is one meal, dinner is meal two, and then after dinner is actually meal three. So the issue there is that often because that after dinner eating meal wasn't planned, that it feels out of control because we're maybe just kind of randomly gathering foods and it feels somewhat bingy. But actually, when we reflect upon it, it actually was probably just filling up from not eating enough earlier on in the day. 
And so I actually encourage people to think about that of, you know, did what is it that I had for lunch? And, you know, the classic is maybe a really light lunch just because we can distract ourselves throughout the day with being busy. But by end of day, we're now tired. And so our hunger starts kind of coming up and creeping up and hitting us at the back of the head being like, hey, I'm here. So maybe you don't necessarily feel hungry earlier on in the day, but it's it's coming at it later on in the day where it doesn't feel as as controlled. So actually eating more, even though you don't necessarily feel like it at that moment, actually helps to to repair that. And so that that could be something. The last scenario could be that you're not actually physically hungry. So we've looked at all these scenarios where a craving could be around physical hunger and the distinction between physical hunger and an emotional hunger type craving is sometimes really hard to discern. So what is it that I'm feeling? And I encourage my clients to actually eat because that helps us discern what's going on without without actually trying that it can be almost impossible. So I encourage my clients if they f- they are unsure am I physically hungry or is it emotional hunger to actually eat. So pull something out like something like a legitimate snack size not just like oh I'm just going to have a, you know a cracker and see what I, what I think about that. Like pull out a handful of crackers and some cheese and sit and have some of it and see if I eat a little bit of this, does it actually target that physical hunger phase or feeling in my body? That if you're eating and it's a physical hunger, that food should feel like it addresses it, that it calms down. It should have that sense of like, oh, okay, yeah, this is fixing it. If it's an emotional hunger, sometimes it actually feels like it's amplifying that it the it, the intensity gets a little bit higher or it just feels different so by by playing around with eating you can distinguish between the two so of course if it's physical hunger continue on eating until you feel like you've addressed that if it's emotional hunger then we start looking at what is actually going on for you at that moment Do you feel restless or anxious? And in which case, maybe getting up and moving. And this is what the great thing about food and why it works is because it's somewhat active, right? We go into the kitchen, we physically move our body into a kitchen, and then we, you know, sort around in the kitchen and come out and eat. And then there's actually a physical movement with the mouth. And in general senses, activity, moving the body helps discharge this restlessness. And that's why walking is so good or movement movement in general is so good for anxiety is because it's discharging that restlessness. But often we don't really have that type of an energy to do that at nighttime, but we're still feeling the restlessness. What do we do? And that's where food often fits wonderfully. How can we use other tools in our in our toolbox and it might be as little as because again just that movement to the kitchen and back isn't tons we don't need to do tons that it could be okay well I'm just going to get up and swing my arms and take some deep breaths and I'm just going to move a little bit to just discharge and breathe to get rid of that restlessness if you can notice if that just breaks it up a little bit then we're kind of getting somewhere and at that point 
if you've gotten to this point, really honestly, if you've gotten to the point where you can decide between hunger and fullness that you, or sorry, if you can distinguish between physical hunger and emotional hunger, you should just pause, congratulate yourself on that because that's the first magical milestone. If you can figure that, that out. And then this scenario of how do we address it? That stage two, after you're like, whoo, you know, like, huh, I, I figured it out. A-okay, and I still might be using food, great. You, you've checked, you've gotten first step. And then once you kind of get that kind of honed, then we can start looking at trying to figure out these new things. And that's where you might be able to distinguish, okay, is this restlessness? Okay, let me move my body. Maybe it's um, a sense of loss or sadness or or just grief, like all of these kinds of more inward you need some sort of soothing because food can also really be soothing to the body. And that might be where you go and have a hot shower or my favorite is a hot water bottle actually because I, I get a sore stomach often when I'm stressed. And so I've just, I use a hot water bottle for that. And then so my brain's made that connection that I feel better when I have a hot water bottle. So even if I'm just feeling sad or whatever, I can use a hot water bottle to just kind of snuggle on the couch And so that kind of thing might be really good for you or calling a friend and reaching out to them when you're feeling that way. And so if you can figure out where the sense in your body, what you feel like. So sometimes people will say, you know, when I'm nervous, I get this tightness in my chest or maybe this this feeling in the back of my neck and then I know it's it's this sense of restlessness and then then we can start using those other more more movement type things or maybe when I'm feeling sad I just feel it more in my stomach like lower on lower down and and then I then I know that then I need to do something else a little bit more quiet and even still even as we use and hone these other skills it is really important to still keep food because we should use food um, to soothe. But if we're only using food, that's where it can be kind of problematic because we're using food all the time or we're trying to use food a lot to try to fix things when we probably need a few different items or a few different strategies. Even as you're trying to build that new skill, I really like using food still because it can help with that water bottle, for instance, I've just made that connection in my brain that the heat of the water bottle makes me feel better, even if I don't have a stomach ache. So we can do that with food by sometimes keeping food in the way that you might be soothing yourself or historically you've been using it as you build new skills so that those new skills can actually be successful because you've used you've used food to make it successful. And as you broaden out those skills then you don't have to use food as much. And not to say never should we not use food to help us. We need food. It's such an integral part of our lives that we use food for everything. And we, and we should. We use food to celebrate, to, to soothe, to, to when we're angry, we, all sorts of things. Like, like that ramen noodle soup that I had for lunch, that it was really soothing because it was so warm and so tasty and the saltiness, like all of it is so wonderful that that actually made me feel better. If I was going to just say like, okay, well, I'm going to call a friend and that's going to make me feel better. And I'm going to have that nuts and fruit for lunch. Like that's just not, (laughs) that's not, 
helping me in my life. So we need we need a whole bunch of things, a depth of different skills and different skills that we're going to use at any one time to help us through this way. I hope that helps to understand cravings a little bit more. I'm curious what you have to say, because these are just some possible scenarios. You might have more. If you have a specific way where you think that you're using cravings or you're confused about your cravings, let me know. I'd love to dig in a little bit deeper into this into this topic. But that's it for now. And I will chat with you all next week. This podcast is for education and information purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team to discuss what is right for you and your care.